Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Reed Wilkins Wilkins on on Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Chad. For Connor McDavid, in over the line, left to right, through one man, a second man, deflected, Bennett shoots and scores! 3-0 Edmonton, that one goes five-hole on Bobrovsky, and he lies prostrate on the ice, indicative of the fact that's a bit of a backbreaker. That opened the floodgates for the Edmonton Oilers. They scored three goals in three minutes and 18 seconds late in the second period, turning a 2-0 advantage into a 5-0 lead, and they go on to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 7-2. Connor McDavid with four points, a goal, and three assists. He gets his team-leading 12th goal of the season, tied for the team lead with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who also scored his 12th tonight. Pretty good road trip for the Oilers. They play well in all three games. They were only stymied by Curtis McElhinney in Toronto on Sunday. The cumulative shots for the road trip, 120-73 in favor of the Oilers, and they outscored their opponents 13-5. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Man, oh man, after... A pretty good opening four or five minutes for Columbus. You saw a pretty solid Oilers team tonight playing with the energy and consistency that we've been longing for, Rob. They did. And what you saw for the Oilers and you've seen on this road trip that you didn't see in a lot of the losses earlier was was puck management. So many times this this season, the Oilers have been turning the puck over in the neutral zone, not getting pucks out at their blue line, not getting pucks in at the offensive zone. And on this road trip, they've been much, uh, much better and much more consistent at if they don't have an odd man rush, they get the puck in, in into the offensive zone and they put it in a good spot that allows their guy to win a race and they start a forecheck. The Oilers' forecheck in these last three games have been fantastic. They're, they're creating havoc in the offensive zone. They're not given any easy access out of the zone to the, to the opposition. And, and they're just wearing down the defenders and creating turnovers. And through the turnovers, they're creating chances. So uh, this road trip, uh, it was 2-1. and one. It should have been 3-0. and oh, And it's a, an excellent springboard for the Oilers going home to start playing against some Western Conference teams. They're 13-16-2 on the season. We know they need some kind of an extended push here to climb back into a playoff spot. They will likely, now still waiting for obviously some games to end, they will likely uh, be seven points out at the uh, end of the night. Calgary and Minnesota are playing each other, so one of those right now, one team is eighth and the other one is ninth, so the Oilers will obviously uh, still be chasing one of those two teams, but six and four in their last ten, so starting to get more points than not. Eight, seven, and two on the road. I mean, my God, Rob, start start winning at home. You got four or five at home before Christmas. Yeah, and the good thing, if you're an Oiler 
player right now, as you look at the schedule, it's a tough schedule. They play some pretty good teams coming up, but they're conference games. And every conference game is a four-pointer. And, and these are how you move up in the standings. You don't move up in the standings as well when you're playing out east. As every, it seems like every time the Oilers win, there's seven points out before the game, there's seven points out after the game. But when you start beating teams in your own conference, that's how you start going up into the standings. So it is a big homestand, well, a big month, I guess, the remainder for the Oilers. they got a couple of road games in it, but it's all against teams that they're trying to catch. That's how you get back in the standings. And the way they're, they're playing right now, they got to feel confident coming home for this game against Nashville. 7-2 is your final. You can go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, north side. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. 7-2 the final tonight. So we just had it on on uh, Saturday against Montreal. We had it on against Calgary the previous Saturday. We had it on against Detroit. We had it on against Vegas. We had it on against Dallas. We've had it on against New Jersey. They've they've turned it on a few times for uh, considering the, the record is they, in t- the they tend they tend to they tend to break out and and get the goals uh, you, you know and are able to take it to teams all in one game and then you have a frustrating game like the the one against Toronto but if they keep producing those chances they're going to be fine special teams big tonight two for four on the power play for the Oilers and Latestu you don't see very many buzzer beaters in the National Hockey League more of a basketball thing and especially ones like that I mean, sometimes you'll see the team, they've pulled the goalie late. There's a, there's a scramble with time running down. But that was a tense one because you weren't even sure if, if Latesti was going to be able to get the shot away before the horn. Well, a few things happened on that one. Once Columbus is pressing, and the play that the Columbus played, I'm not sure which guy it was, but he had it along the boards. He blew, he threw it blindly in the slot. Now, if, this was, uh, if there was more time in the period, then he wouldn't have made that play. But he's a face-off offensive zone. You know there's only nine seconds or eight seconds before the puck is dropped that you're going to just try and create something. He throws it blind. Letestu reads it. He picks it off. First thing Letestu does, he starts counting in his head. And I, I guarantee you he knows how much time he has as he goes. It makes his way down the ice. It's funny because Cassian at one point was going to be a 2-0, and he looks up and said, okay, not enough time for a pass. So he kind of backs off. And Letestu makes a nice shot. And it was not a matter of anyone catching him. It was whether or not he could get it off before the... The, the buzzer went, and he did, and it was an important goal at that point. It, yep. it, 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 I mean, at that point, Columbus goes in, they're like, all right, our goalie's gone from the game, and more or less that just shut the door on us. We'll get to your phone calls in a minute, but let's go back to Columbus and hear from Latestu. Biggest difference uh, to help you guys get going than in Toronto, uh, your line in particular gets the first one. Just a thought on the energy you guys had right from the get-go. Well, I think we've we've had that similar energy now for a dozen games or so. You know, I feel as a line we've been, you know, a catalyst for the energy. It hasn't always gone in the net for us, but recently we've been chipping in and uh, we knew we had to go get that goalie early. You know, when he when he feels the puck early and settles in, uh, he's real tough to beat. So it was it's good to get off onto a good start. I think it's happened in the last you know five, six, seven, eight games where you guys kind of turn it around a bit. Well, we're, we're finding ourselves. I think uh, you know we found you know earlier in the year we didn't have a lot throughout the lineup, and now I think we're we're deep. You know, the, the special teams has obviously come around the last little bit here. Both the, the penalty kills providing some offense as well as the power play getting it going. So uh, I think we're just finding ourselves. Uh, even Toronto, we didn't get the result, but uh, maybe the best game we played on this trip, yeah. to, be, to be honest. And it, uh, we, we're just having to stick with it now. Secondary scoring has sort of become a factor. you got seven different guys today and, and just a lot of guys like Chujar yourself, everybody. Yeah, and, you know, and last year I thought we, we had that throughout the lineup. You know, a lot of different points from different places. It's starting to come around again, uh, and we knew that was going to happen. 
uh, maybe early on, you know, it wasn't there, but things tend to revert to the mean at some point, and now we're getting that secondary scoring that we needed. You kind of brushed on it a little bit, but five shorthanded goals in your last 14 games, what are you specifically seeing? Is it just the team speed? What's happening out there? Well, I think as a, as a whole, the, the penalty kill's gotten a lot more aggressive, uh, whether it's, you know, pucks that are bouncing or we're just we're skating to areas, and because of it, the pressure. I mean, my goal's set up by, by Cassian's pressure. You know, he, he's on that guy, forced him into a bad pass. I think that's that's what's coming from it. Uh, you know, we're able to use our speed and convert on some two-on-ones. Uh, Five and nine at home. Is that because a lot of those games were early on when you guys weren't going that great, and now it's, or is there something to that? You know, I, we just haven't played that great at home. Uh, you know, and, and the record kind of shows it. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll worry about home when we get home. I'm going to enjoy this one on the plane. Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Mark Letestu. Shorthanded goal tonight. Breakaway goal. He gets his seventh of the season. It is recorded at 1959. It was with 0.3 seconds on the clock. They take it back to the nearest full second, Rob. That made it 5 nothing. Columbus with a bit of a push. The third period leads, even big ones, are going to be nervous for oil country given what happened in Calgary a week and a half ago. Columbus got it to 5-2. Puliyarvi and McDavid with late goals to round out the scoring. 7-2, Edmonton wins. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Neil on the line. Hi, Neil. Hey, How's it oh, going? Good. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about uh, the great win tonight, 7-2. Um, and it's, it's, it's just hard to believe that, you know, a couple of nights ago they couldn't find one and then they get seven uh, all in one night. Well, it is and it isn't. Against Toronto they had probably just as many great scoring chances as they did tonight. And sometimes they don't go in. I mean, you hit posts, it bounces over That's your true. stick, you miss... Uh, goalie stands on his head. I mean, uh, it was a career night for McElhaney, and and good on him. But tonight, yeah. tonight and against Montreal the other night, the Oilers capitalized on their chances. So I, I think, and we and we talked about it after the game against Toronto, that you you've got to be happy with the way they played. You can't you don't want you don't like the result, but you knew that if they played that way and on a consistent basis, which they're starting to do now, the good things will happen. So I thought this was a wonderful road trip for the Oilers. They deserve six points. They got four, and they got to feel good about themselves coming home. Yep, definitely a lot of positives. Uh, another thing also that was uh, pointed out while I was watching the game was uh, Columbus allowed two uh, penalty goals, sort of power play goals, uh, throughout the whole season at home. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers yep. had uh, two PP goals tonight. So they uh, had the same amount of goals as what uh, Columbus had, uh, I guess, all year at home. Yeah, no, the, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets are an excellent penalty-killing team. Excellent penalty-killing team. And the Oilers tonight scored. It was two for four, but really it was two for three. As one of the Oilers' power plays was only eight seconds long. So they moved the puck around well. And the good thing about it, too, is they got the both units contributing. It was a used, beginning of the season when the McDavid unit went off, you could turn your TV off. They weren't going to score a goal in the power play. But tonight, with the addition of a Camilleri, who's always been a power play guy throughout his career, he makes a wonderful pass backdoor to Nugent Hopkins. So that, that was a big goal. Hey, the, the specialty teams have to be good if you want to be successful, and you've got to get good goaltending. I thought tonight all three of the aspects were good. This is going to be fun, Rob. One of the most prominent personalities in the Oilers blogosphere is a gentleman who refers to himself as Bag Milk. And I know he's a big Nugent Hopkins fan, and I know he's a big Latestu fan. Both men scored tonight. Bag Milk, welcome to the show. Reed, always good to talk to you, buddy. Good to hear from you. Let's talk about our friend, Elk Point's own Mark Latestu. How excited were you about that goal, Reed? 
I, th- I thought it was a great goal. And, I mean, when he gets a breakaway, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the shooter has an advantage, but I, I think mm-hmm. he's going to score. I don't know if shooter doesn't have the shooter, advantage. The shooter scores more often than in other situations. That's what I meant to say, Rob. Oh, okay. Before you jump all over oh, Okay. Me. But, uh, you know, I asked Rob after uh, the goal, was that his move that he uses in the shootout and he uh, scored on... Uh, in Calgary as well, little different angle, Rob. But but you thought it was the same. Yeah, same I mean, he's putting it in the same spot. He he likes that spot as a right-handed shot. He's stick. His stick is on that side, so he he's got a better angle to put the puck underneath. I believe it's the the glove of Brabowski on that one. It, it was a good move, and it, for for him, he knew exactly how much time he had. And you give him credit because he had to go the length of the ice, clock ticking down but he knew when he had to shoot the puck to be able to get it in before the time expired. And how about that pass on Cassian's goal? i got to admit, I'm going to yell at the TV. I was getting fired up, getting ready to yell, turned a little bit red. Then perfect pass over to Cassian, wide open, beats Bobrovsky. Holy Dinah. The, the one, I mean, Letestu, he's not a first or second liner in the National Hockey League, but he's always been an offensive player back through junior. And when you give offensive players time and space to make a play, whether they were, uh, whether it was in junior that they were good or college they were good, they're going to make a good, smart play. And it was, I mean, Cassian got away with a little bit of a cross check that threw Johnson off a little bit, but Cassian created space between him and Johnson, made it into a true two-on-one, and Letestu put it in a perfect spot. Cassian didn't have to move his stick, and it was into that. So we actually just off air, Reed and I were talking. Right now, Letestu, in this last little while, is throwing some points on the board. He's now on pace to have more points than last year. He's, he's, he's on pace to have over 40 points this season, and this was after a really slow start for him, as well as most of the Oilers' third and fourth line players. Rob, what do you make of having three games where they're actually putting together efforts like they got on this road trip? How can they carry that over into the, into the home game that's coming up on Thursday? Well, I, I think they really stress in, in, in their meetings before the game, you know, here's what we did positive, show video of it. This is the things that made us good on on the road. The, I think sometimes when you play at home, you try to be a little more showy for the fans. You try to be a little more creative and you try to force things. When you're on the road, you got nobody to impress except your own teammates. So the Oilers tonight were very, very good at getting pucks in deep, uh, dumping pucks into spots where they could get them or at least get a 50-50 battle with the, with the defender. They were very hard on the forecheck. When we've seen them at home, there's a lot of turnovers in the neutral zone, trying to make passes that aren't really there and get themselves into trouble. So if they come home, they got to feel confident right now. they got to feel good about themselves. They chased two Vezina-winning trophies, or goaltenders, on this trip. They should have won all three games. And now they're coming back playing the games they've been waiting for. Western Conference games that they can try to move up in the standings. So I, I look forward to it. Nashville's a great hockey club. And I look forward to seeing the Oilers play the way they did tonight against a very good Nashville team. Bag Milk, you're always welcome to call, buddy. I'm glad you enjoyed the game. Reed, good to talk to you, buddy. Love you. That is Bag Milk from OilersNation.com. Well, I guess I should say love you back. I love you, well, Bag Milk. I wasn't sure how you felt about him, but now at least now you've brought well, him Well, it's up. a nice fraternal love. Uh-huh. 780-496-0063. Oilers ring up the Blue Jackets 7-2. We got Mike on the line. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing very well. I just thought that was an excellent game. That was probably Edmonton's best game, I thought. Uh, like, they never gave uh, Columbus nothing. No, you're I mean, right. It was a bad... 
bad read there on the one first goal on uh, with Russell and stuff. But yeah, no, it was an awesome, awesome game. And uh, yeah, like you said, they had a great road trip and stuff. And I think the three center thing, like, why did it take? McClellan so long to do that. Like, well, uh, there's a few reasons. One, Pugliarvi wasn't up here, so there's one winger that they didn't have. Uh, Camilleri wasn't here yet. It was Jokinen. Jokinen, we saw over his course of time here, he wasn't quick enough to play on one of the top three lines. Jujar Kara got off to a horrible start. He was in the press box. So the Oilers' depth yeah, players why were... why was Jujar there? Though? He, had a, he's... he had a bad... He, he did not play well at the beginning of the season. If you ask him, he'll tell you the same thing. He just oh, okay. he didn't look like the same player, and he went up and did some soul-searching in the press box and come back and been a different player. So there's three wingers that the Oilers did not have playing at the beginning. So when you split up, they had a lot of players that were struggling, and you're asking them to, to fill in and, and be productive on lines that needed to be productive. Yeah, so, but you got good centermen, though. I mean, yeah, you, but, look, you look at Crosby and Pittsburgh. I mean, who's their wingers? I mean, yeah, but yeah, but. Yeah, but that's Crosby. You can't compare Crosby to Drysaddle or R and H. Yeah, I, I think I think. What, or I mean, this McDavid. Is, I, or oh, what? No, I, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that's one line. The Pittsburgh's got Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. The Oilers don't have Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, and you know what, Mike? No, we but we they may, got McDavid and Drysaddle. Right? Yeah, Drysaddle's yeah. good. He's not Malkin though. And we, not and yet. You know, what, and we may see wow. Drysaddle and McDavid on the same line sometimes if if they need a spark or. Well, yeah, I agree with that, but yeah. Yeah, no, no it's, they got they got no, to where they I had mean, to get because they wait. They um, Tom, um, Tom McClellan came out and said he said we do not have enough players playing well enough to warrant playing top nine minutes. So that's what they did, and they finally when they got when Pugliarvi came up, all of a sudden McDavid had a right winger that he could play with. Mike, thanks for calling. Let's go back to Columbus right now. We got Todd McClellan standing by. Trip Todd, uh, two dominating offensive performances against two of the best goaltenders in the league. Have you seen something specifically that you were waiting to see from this team, or is it just all a matter of coming together? Well, it's, it's coming together a little bit more for us offensively. Um, uh, the power play woke up on this trip. Um, obviously, you didn't get one in Toronto, but I thought we were dangerous there. Uh, lines seem to be clicking a little bit more. I think we're prepared to shoot and grind it out. Uh, where at times we get cute, and once we do that, then seams open up, and you can start making the, the, the prettier play. But... Uh, just a mindset, and um, you know maybe it's our time right now. You go through dry spells, and sometimes you score a lot. And right now we're finding the net. Five shorthanded goals in your last 14 games as a team. Is it a tweak to the system, or just the players being way more aggressive? Well, good, good anticipation skills and being aggressive. Um, you know the goals that we've scored shorthanded over that time frame. We pick some passes off in dangerous areas uh, where they can't recover. And I thought tonight test was uh, he showed his veteran savvy. Uh, baiting him to to make the play and then picking it off and knowing what was left on the clock um you know he went out there with a with an idea of what could or couldn't happen and uh, that's a pretty bright smart player what's a trip like this do just to the guys in the room just in terms of their own sort of well you hope it it uh it confirms that they're turning in the corner and and putting some things together um you know stringing good games together is, it has been a goal of ours for a while and i think we did that on the trip um I was concerned today because we didn't get the reward in Toronto. And uh, sometimes a, a team that hasn't won enough can sag. But uh, we responded emotionally and and were prepared to play. There is something about scoring the first goal, isn't there? There is. Um, you know, or not giving up real early in the game. And uh, uh, when we win the special teams and we tend to score the first goal, uh, we have a... 
not an easier time, but we, we certainly uh, have a better opportunity at winning the game than, than the other way around. What do you make of the way Yessi's playing and how well he's playing with Connor? Confident, uh, growing up. He's always had uh, a good hockey mind and some real good skills, but uh, he's commanding space. He's skating through sticks. He's uh, holding on to pucks a little bit longer. He's making plays, using his body bo- at both ends of the rink. And when you do that, you become more of an offensive force uh, when you have the puck. So, uh, you know, we're happy for him. We, we know it takes a while for, for, some, for some young players to develop, but he's starting to come into his own. Well, I think Yessi Pugliari's performance, Rob, has to be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. He was with the Oilers a year ago. He was here for about half the season. If you watched a a game he played, picked a a random game in December or November he played last year, you wouldn't think it was the same player. No. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, I think there's still room for him to get even better. Well, he, he is going to get better. The confidence is growing. The plays that he make. Was it last game where he threw the puck in between his legs out in front and created a scoring chance? Tonight it was the strength in front of the net. He had a guy, I mean, I don't know if the ref had his hand up, but should have. He was being hooked with a stick right across his midsection. He got two shots away on that one. And then a wonderful pass to, to McDavid. And I can tell you this, if you're a young player and you got a two-on-one, with McDavid, you get him the puck. Because you know what? He does it for you every time. So you make sure, all right, you know what? This game, it's out of hand. So I'm going to make sure that you touch this and put the puck in the net. And it was a, a, a pretty pass. So the, the kid has got skill. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to gain the confidence to use with that skill. And we saw that tonight. We saw the kid that got drafted ahead of him tonight, too. I thought played very well. He played well as well. Another big, strong, physical player that's got nice hands. So uh, I thought Pugliarvi, to me, and I'm not sure when we're doing it, but I thought Pugliarvi was your fourth star of the game as well. He didn't get a star in the game tonight, but I thought he was excellent tonight with Connor McDavid. Fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars picked in-house, McDavid, Benning, and Latestu in that order. Four points for McDavid tonight. He now has 39 in 31 games. Todd was also asked about scoring first. The Oilers have only done it, and we've talked about this, Rob. They've only done it 12 times now in 31 games, but they're 8-3-1 and one in those games. And you, you, I, I, don't, I don't know if you saved those stats you did a couple of years <laughs> yeah. ago, but historically it's around 67 to 70% that you win if you score first and close to 80% that you get at least a point. So the Oilers are, are on par with that. Because you're not chasing, and the Oilers didn't chase tonight. 7-2, the Oilers win it. 780-496-0063. We have Cam on the line. Hello, Cam. Boys, how's it going? Very good. good. Be a nice day at work tomorrow after an Oiler win, hey? Yeah, everybody smiles the day after an Oiler and Eskimo win. You're right. They were all riders, too, buddy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Only those silly Saskatchewan people. Yeah, I know, eh? So um, I was just going to pass on a few observations and end up with a question here. So, uh, well, Brassaw is at 9.36 on this road trip. So that's a nice save percentage. Really good for him. Um, I was going to ask, well, just a quick question to make my point. What were the hits at tonight? Just uh it, it wasn't very much tonight. The hits were, the Oilers had 12 and Columbus had 25. Okay, because I was going to say that there was a few times there where McDavid or Dreisaitl were heading into the offensive zone. They played, it was, it was great. But I had to actually look for them. I, I have no idea how big Columbus's back end was. Wow, are they big. And um, I, I thought that there was something very interesting that happened tonight. That 
the idea was probably to try to get those guys turning and and try to get speed and get in behind them and, and cycle, which I've been a proponent of for this team for a long time. I think that game plan itself, whether it's an effective game plan or not, what it does is it gets us away from trying to score off of the rush. So whatever reason, whether it works because it's a good game plan or it works because it's, it eliminates trying to score off the rush, it works. So... Um, I like. I, I didn't know what the hits were tonight, but I assumed we were down, and I liked that because, to me, you can get overly physical at times, and I thought we didn't need to do that tonight, and I thought the skating looked a little bit better, maybe running around a little bit less. Well, part. I mean, I think a big reason the Oilers were out hit was they had the puck the whole time. So yeah. when you have the puck, you don't have to hit. So the Oilers, uh, two things, when you talked about getting pucks in deep, that's something that Todd McClellan stressed, and the Oilers sometimes... It was going in one ear and out the other. But the Oilers were very good on this road trip of putting pucks in good places and forechecking, and that's one of the reasons they had such a successful forecheck. What's your question, Cam? Um, well, the other question I was going to ask is, I noticed, oh, I was just going to say Dreisaitl playing center. Dreisaitl, I thought Dreisaitl tonight really commanded the ice early. I thought he wanted the puck, and there was lots of times that he just, he just dominated just physically with gross force by having this. So it was great there. My question is, is there, and this is not to be negative, does Clefbaum look, and I'll just, I'll, I'll hang up after that, does Clefbaum look nonchalant and, and disengaged right now? That's the question I'm going to ask and then I'll listen. So thanks. I don't know about disengaged. Um, nonchalant. I, I think the word that I would use more is, uh, I don't even know if it's a word, unconfident. I don't think he uh, is that is that a word, Reed? Uh, maybe non-confident. <laughs> non-confident. I don't know. I tell my kid I'm on the radio, so everything I said is true. So, non-confident, uncomfortable. He he, he looks he, he doesn't look confident. How does that sound? He, and when Clefbaum, when when you're a young player and things are going well, you feel that you are indestructible. When things go sideways a bit and you're a young kid, you, sometimes you have a hard time figuring it out, figuring how to, to get it back because you hadn't been through it before. Veterans, when they go through a tough time, they can always go back, well, I remember that year, a couple of years ago, I, I struggled. What did I do to get out of it? Yada, yada, yada. But Clefbaum, to me, just doesn't look as confident with the puck. And tonight there was a couple times he had the puck in his own zone and hope plays where he puts it into a position and hopes someone else gets it. So, yeah, I don't know if it... Uh, uh, what the word is, but to me, he just doesn't look as confident as he did last year when he had a career year. Unsure, unsure. Tentative. Yeah, uh, I like unconfident. I'm gonna. Well, I'm, that's a pretty good word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call. Hey, Webster's. this ain't no. This ain't no English tutorial show. <laughs> I'm no English teacher. John Shannon from Sportsnet tweeting out the entire text of the John Tortorella post-game press conference. I know you have a job to do, but I'm not answering any questions. There's no sense in me trying to answer questions about tonight. Okay? Sorry about that. Good night. <laughs> you can get us at 780-496-0063. Elvis Rocket, Dave and Luke up next in the batting order. Oilers take down Columbus 7-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Pulley Arby over the line, 2 on 2. McDavid, wrist shot, save made, rebound, Pulley Arby scores! 6 2, yes, up, Pulley Arby. 
Oilers go on to beat Columbus 7-2. Just seeing a tweet here from NHL Public Relations. Oilers scoring seven or more goals in a game for the third time this season, tying them with the Winnipeg Jets for the most seven or more goal outbursts this season. As we look at the advantage trailer rental scoreboard, the Sabres beat the struggling Senators 3-2. Devils over the Kings 5-1. Taylor Hall scored twice. He has 11. Flyers beat the Maple Leafs 4-2. No Austin Matthews again tonight for Toronto. Capitals take down the Avalanche 5-2. Lightning are ahead 2-0 on the Blues late in the third with four and a half minutes left. Flames and Wild tied 1-1. That's not good for the Oilers if they both get at least a point out of that one. Panthers and Blackhawks 1-1 after two. And early on, Hurricanes and Golden Knights are scoreless. The Edmonton Eskimos have re-signed pending free agent running back C.J. Gable for two years. So that'll go through the 2019 season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Those seven goals for the Oilers means a $175 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 25 bucks every time the Oilers score, Rob, up to almost $2,300. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Elvis on line three. Good evening, Elvis. Hey, Reed. How's it going, bud? I'm doing very well. Awesome. Hey, listen, I, I just want to say that uh, uh, let's talk about C.J. Gable. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> 98... I don't care what anybody says. That kid arrived tonight. He, he like he's playing better and better and better. And what he did uh, with his last goal tonight, like fighting in front of the net and working for space, that was incredible. And just a little injury update for you: Kevin Dubnik was injured in the Calgary game tonight. Oh, oh that's yeah, too I bad saw Stalock got put in, but I didn't see uh, an update. Well, hopefully, it, yeah. it's nothing serious. Yeah, well, they, they were they were talking about that. And you know what? The biggest thing I want to say is like pe- people keep forgetting about this like that McElhaney kid whatever he's he's five and oh against the Oilers in his last five games six Remember and oh he, six and oh career that's his whole oh, career is he? Yes. oh okay he's never lost that's to the cra- Oilers that's crazy like I mean if, I don't know like it's I don't know it just blows me away anyway Latestu looked really good tonight but he's playing for his former team right he did Which play really for thought. Columbus before yep yeah and that uh Dominsky kid uh I would like to see Cassian grab on to uh, Felino and go at it with Felino because uh, I think I think that kid paid, paid paid the price for that. And one last thing I'll say: I hope Todd doesn't change the lineup. Leave it alone. Like I know there's people sitting out there that you've got other people that can get in, but this team looks so good tonight, and they looked really good in Toronto. Uh, but I mean, there was some magic there tonight. It just looked great. Yeah, think, it, Rob. I, I agree. I think that. Right now, the only tweaks you're ever going to make is Kajula, Walker, and Slapachev. But I would, leave I would, I would leave it, it as is right now. But those are the only three that I think that you would tweak at all over the next little while because they they do look good. They 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 look comfortable playing with each other. And anytime you have success, and even though the Oilers lost a game in Toronto, that was a successful night. The way they played, when you have success, you stay with success. So, uh, I know that once some injuries come back, you'll see a Larson get into the lineup. You'll see a Sacre eventually, but give credit too to the defensemen that are in there, that are playing. I thought Davidson was excellent tonight. Yep. Ovitu who had to play more. Yeah, and Ovitu who at the beginning I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure. I thought he played a solid game too. So give credit to the to the players that have had to step up and play more minutes on the back end. They've done a very good job. Also want to mention Laurent Brassois gets the win tonight. He got an assist 
first NHL point. Maybe him on the power play? Time to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but Brassois on the road trip, 68 saves on 73 shots for a 932 save percentage. Good for him after the game in Calgary. It, it is good for him, and it was a huge... I mean, especially, it's tough when you're a young player playing in the National Hockey League, and then you have all the whispers around. You know, we're trying to get a new goaltender. They're, you know, everyone's talking about which goaltenders are available. So he's got all that pressure on him as well, and he goes out and plays three solid games. We have Dave, 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, hi, guys. I'm feeling a lot better than I was on uh, Sunday night, that's for sure. How about you? Well, I thought the others played really well. It was just maddening that nothing went in for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, guys, just, just a couple of uh, stats for I don't know. I was watching the game on TV, so I don't know if it was mentioned or not, but Connor McDavid... Uh, He's now number 30 on the Oilers' all-time scoring list. He just he passed Dustin Penner tonight. We had not mentioned that yet. Thank you. And, yeah, and here's one that even uh, will give you a little bit of an idea of, of uh, um, you know, how I try and keep track of this stuff. I'm not sure, but I am pretty sure, I guess. I think the Oilers are just five goals away from uh, 10,000 regular season goals. Oh, geez. I'd have to, I'd have to check that, Dave. I, uh, well, we'll count them up during yeah, the commercial I'll, break I'll, here. Look at all of, <laughs> I got the media guide, so I'll have to go quickly uh, add it all together. But, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I imagine they'll yeah. send something out if they are close to 10,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. And then, uh, you know, it'd be nice. Uh, hey, it'd be nice. And if that is the case, it'd be nice uh, for them to... Uh, uh, hit that mark against, uh, what, Nashville's up next, eh? Well, they got another great goalie coming in here. Maybe they can chase him, too. Yeah, that would uh, that would be music to my ears. So, yeah, guys, thanks, uh, thanks for what you do, and uh, that's all I got for you. Yeah, appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for calling. Yes, uh, going into this season, the Oilers 9,902 goals, given the 93 this year, so 9,995. That's pretty good. Five away. That would be cool if they got it against Nashville. And then, like, the big 10,000 balloons or something come down in the middle of the game, just clear it off, take a couple hours, but they'll clear them all off. (laughs) Remember we were talking about the teddy bears last week? The Oil Kings had their teddy bear toss? I do remember that, And there was 14,000, which is incredible. Did you see down in the States, they did, it was over 25,000 teddy bears. Crazy. That's unbelievable. Oilers win 7-2. More of your phone calls coming up. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid, who had four points. Quick headlines, 780-496-0063 is our number. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Rebound picked up and cleared by Drysaddle. 2 on 1. McDavid over the line with Lucic. McDavid feeds. What timer score? 4 nothing Edmonton. Lucic power play goal set up by McDavid. And with 50 seconds left in the second period. Part of the Oilers' three goal outburst late in the third. Three goals in 318. That was a two on one on a power play. Columbus had attacked shorthanded. Brassois made a good save. Dreisaitl dug the puck out of the slot, whipped the long one up to McDavid, and he and Lucic were off on a two on one. Well, and that also goes back to, to scoring first goals in games and not having to chase. The Columbus Blue Jackets were chasing at that point. And when they're chasing, they start gambling a little bit. And on that one, their defenseman jumped up in the play to try to create something offensively well shorthanded. And when you don't score, well, now it's going to be an odd man re- chance coming back the other way. 
What you love about that is Leon Drysaddle digs the puck out of the goalie's feet, pulls it, and doesn't just blow it, throw it blindly. Mm-hmm. He's got the, the the smarts to settle the puck down, find the passing lane, and fire a beautiful sauce. You know, three quarters of the way down the ice to lands perfectly for McDavid. And at that point, you know that that was going in the opposite end. So when you start chasing, you start cheating, and that's what happened on that one for the Blue Jackets. Seven-two, the Oilers beat Columbus. Here's Rocket on the open line. Good evening, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Pretty good. That was uh, that was a stellar game, and and unfortunately, there's there's so many stories to talk about and storylines that we can't do them all in one night, including you know Laurent Brassois and everything that the media has been talking about, and uh, you know just how well the Oilers played overall. But uh, uh, from my own personal perspective, um, I just watched that. Zach Cassian commit murder on the ice. <laughs> like he just slaughtered Dubinsky, and I don't know what Felino was thinking. I know he was angry, like in previous shifts, and I'm not sure which guy was like supposed to fight who there, but. Uh, Dubinsky deserved it too. He was running around the the whole game and usually does. He's a guy that usually picks on skilled players, and tonight he went up a couple weight classes, and uh, he, to me, he looked concussed when he left the ice. Oh, he was, he was like, he, he just, like, he got slaughtered. Like, he's, Cassian's my favorite player and showed me again just by speed, skill, toughness on a fourth line and their whole line playing like a top six line. Like, don't get me wrong, all other players, he's just my kind of player and good for you, Zach, and very good on Kara for stepping up, although that one for me was more about players stepping up for other players than winning a fight, much easier for a guy, uh, you know, that fights a little more like Cassian than Kara. But uh, what a game overall. And uh, I think the fourth line has inspired the third, second, and first line. And I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Rocket. The fourth line's had a very good seven or eight game stretch here. Well, and I, I, we've talked about it over the last couple of years. When a team's fourth line score, it's worth more than a goal because they're not supposed to. So there's an extra uh, jump on the uh, on the bench when you you're out you're, you're on the bench and your fourth line goes out there. One thing when they create momentum, another thing when they actually capitalize. And this fourth line has been very good. And and the thing that you like about it too is the fourth line was run was going really really well, and Kara was a big part of that. He gets moved up and someone else slides in. Tonight it was Slepeshev. He slides into the fourth line and again they create things. So it's good on the fourth line. If you want to be a good team in the National Hockey League, you've got to be able to roll four lines. And right now the Oilers are making a push to be a good team and that's one of the big reasons is they're four, four lines deep right now. We're watching the Wild and the Flames here on the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. It's going to go to a shootout. Calgary with three great chances in overtime. Rob, I did, but somebody missed an open net. I think it's Monan as they're showing him right here. He, was, and he's, he best have put it right back through the crease. Just it was see if they show a highlight. It, it was an unbelievable play. It was a, a three-on-one, and they all three of them touched the puck. He had a backdoor open net, and we were shocked that they kept playing afterwards because we couldn't find the puck. So, and then Minnesota had a two-on-one coming back the other way. Here it is, right here. Uh, oh, that's the, that's the one, one he fanned fan on it. On. And here's the backdoor wide open net. I don't know how he missed it. He just he shot sharp it sharp angle, but he put it right across the goal line. Yeah, it, it, it was a great three-on-three. I mean, whoever came up with this three-on-three overtime thing knew what he was doing. Well, it was Bettman. 
It would don't ever get. It was not Gary Bettman. I don't. He doesn't even know the rules of the game Luke, yet. Luke's online too. Go ahead, Luke. How's it going? Bud? Doing quite well. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty uh, unconfident, just like Left Bomb, because I'm on the uh, east side of the country and I've had a couple more pills than probably the rest. But uh, just a couple observations. I mean, I think since the Boston game, we've seen kind of a an emergence of the team, and I don't know if it's you know, McJesus getting healthier, Tujar stepping up, uh, PRV kind of coming into his own, Cassian playing better, Luch for sure. I mean, he's been a different player for for sure the last three, four games anyway. Um, but my question is, is once Larson and Reggie come back, uh, do you think, uh, you know, Shirelli or whomever would consider moving V2 up as a forward. I mean, I like his speed, his defensive awareness, and he's got a hell of a shot. You know what? You're not the first person to ask that question, Luke. Thanks. Uh, I don't think so. I honestly don't. I think that the, the Oilers have a, a Kajula and a Walker both sitting out right now that would play ahead of a V2. It, it, it's not... It's not easy to step from defense to forward or forward to defense in the middle of a season. If if you wanted him to turn him into a defense or a forward, you move him down to the minors, you, you give him some time down there to learn the craft. But uh, he does have the attributes that you like, but there's so many little things that you don't know moving from one position to the other. And, I, and I've gone. I was a junior. In junior, I was a defenseman and moved up to forward. It's a hard, hard jump. So to be able to do it at the National Hockey League level, I find almost impossible. What a goal by Goudreau on the, in the shootout. He was, the Stalock forced him way off to the left side. Goudreau was still on his forehand. Stalock was reaching for the poke check. Goudreau had the puck almost on the goal line. He lobbed it over the length of Stalock's body and into the far corner of the net. And Stalock was looking at the referees like, seriously, that can't really count. He, that, kept, he kept going. Yeah, kept I mean, if, if anybody right now is is listening to us, get a chance tonight, Google that goal, because it is as pretty as it comes. We have Matthew on line five. Oilers beat Columbus 7-2. Hey, Matthew. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Um... Just McDavid, I just heard that um, he hit four-point night now, and he's third in NHL scoring now. Yeah, he jumped way up just on the strength of this one night. Maybe it's maybe it was too early to write him off earlier in the season, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did um, you think of the game? I think they played really well, and just over this road trip, well, the past even before this road trip, but I guess not the game against the Flyers, but um, they've been starting to play well, and if they had hadn't, uh, or haven't, or didn't have such a bad start in October, then they probably would be a lot better of a team. Well, they're paying, they're paying for a bad record on home ice. I mean, their road record is, is decent, 8-7-2. and two. They had a three-game losing streak on home ice earlier in the year. You know they're five and nine at home. I mean, you you should be fourteen games at home. You'd think worst case scenario you're 
eight five and one, Rob, or or seven four and three, or something like that. You can't you can't be well, especially if you want if you're a playoff if, hockey if you team. Want to be a playoff yes, team, if you're a playoff right. hockey team, you've got to be you know six seven six hundred percent or seven hundred uh, at home ice, and the others were not good at home. Not only were they losing games, they were not looking good in the games they were losing. So yeah. hopefully this will be a, a catalyst going forward with them with this road trip they just finished. Thanks, Matthew. They they've been much better on the road last year. 25-12-4 at home, 22-14-5 on the road. So, you know, slightly below where they were on the road last year, but obviously miles uh, yeah. below where they were on home ice. Yeah, four points for McDavid as uh, he jumps up to having 39 points in 31 games on the season. Good game for the Oilers beating Columbus 7-2. Shootout, Calgary's going to have a shot to win it here. Did you say uh, they... The coaching staff of Minnesota challenged Goudreau's. Did they shoot up? They did that on their own. Well, I don't know if they was. They said it was challenge on the thing, and okay. it, it counted. So, and now Kachuk has a chance to win it, and knowing him, he'll probably score. All right, we got Avery on the line. Hi, Avery. Hey, Jens, how you doing? Pretty good. Hey, I, I just wanted to say it was a good, solid game, and I'm a big uh, goaltender fan. Like just following across the NHL, and I gotta say, I'll be. As the games have gone on, he's, he's definitely started to gain the confidence. I don't know how these angle shots keep going, and at least it seems like once a, one goal a game at least. But my question more is, is how does the Oilers staff bring that confidence to continue playing him? And when Talbot's back, if he is playing as great as he has been playing lately, do they give Talbot the shot to earn it, or does it become a little bit of a battle, you think? I think that's a good question, Avery. I think when Talbot's healthy, he'll get the next start. I would think, Rob, that if Bressois, and he's probably going to start at least two more games mm-hmm. by the sounds of it, that if he still keeps playing well, you might be able to use him a little more as opposed to how sparingly he started last year. Yeah, and Tal- I mean, Talbot is going to be your starter. But the Oilers, because of the start to their season, are in a position where they have to gain points. And they're about to start a, a huge stretch of games against Western Conference team that they're chasing. So they're all four-point games. If Talbot plays like he's capable of playing, he'll start as many games as they want to throw him in for. But the Oilers now know that if Talbot were to get into a little bit of a slide, wasn't playing like Cam Talbot, then they're not afraid to throw up a swine, and, and then they will go with a hot guy. I think he, right now, if Talbot gets hot, they could, they might play him 10, 15, 20, I don't know, whatever it takes, and keep riding him. But they do now know that Bressois, off the after this road trip with all the pressure on him, came up and played well. So now they've got a little more confidence knowing they can put him in. And and he does look just steadier in there. He's covering yep. the puck, you know, to get, get whistles. And, yeah, tough one going through the short side tonight, but he was 5-1 at the time. I don't know if he saw it either. Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, that's something that's correctable. He's, and he's not going to hug the post from where that puck was, will he? Once again, you're the asking the wrong the circle, guy. It, I mean, it, it should not go in. It, it should not go in. But, I mean, it goes in on, on goaltenders occasionally. And I keep telling you, shoot from bad angles because goalies aren't prepared for them as well. So And he was better than the other starter tonight. Well, he, 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 Bobrovsky, so. he outplayed two Vezina Trophy winners on this on this road trip. Two out of three of the games, he was the better goalie. Oilers win at 7-2. We have Mike and Brian coming up. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. 
So Minnesota beating Calgary 2-1 in a shootout. That just ended, Rob and I watching the end of that one here on 6.30. Ched, you heard the Edmonton Oilers crush the Columbus Blue Jackets 7-2. McDavid gets a goal and three assists. Matt Benning gets a goal and an assist, as does Jesse Puglia-Yarvi. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Latestu, Cassie, and Lucic also scoring. Oilers move up to 13-16-2 on the season. Mike from Ottawa is on the phone. Hi, Mike. How's it going, guys? Good. You going to be the next coach of the Senators? Oh, my God. I have to tell you what's going on there. I mean, like, it's almost, it's not the same as talking about trading McDavid, but, you know, it's it's talking about trading Carlson. My buddy's a huge Sens fan. Sens are my number two team, I'll admit it, but I've been a diehard Oilers fan since 84, and growing up as a kid in the country and all, I was funny years watching the Oilers and all those years, 84, 85, 86, 87 against the Flyers and the Islanders, and it was just amazing times. And uh, anyway, tonight was a, was a good game, and uh, I'd have to say that uh, you know. <laughs> oh, I think he's, he's it's a little off, Mike. It's a little off, Mike, Mike. But I think we got we got the gist of it. Did you guys get that? Yeah, it was fan, a little quiet, know, but yeah, it was. That's okay. Again, <laughs> you know, and uh, I usually play guitar, so I'm not really good at piano. But tonight was amazing. I mean, we saw McDavid get four points. I have a couple of yes or no questions for you guys. Being a guy from Ontario, I have to enjoy this night. You know, they scored seven goals. My rule is one beer per goal, so you can imagine where I'm at. So, in any, in any point, um, did the Oilers win tonight? Yes. Yes. Did the Leafs lose? Yes, they did. did uh, was it 4-2? Did Mc, yeah. Yeah. Did McDavid get points? Yep. Okay. And did Matthews not get points? Uh, yes, he didn't get points. <laughs> that was a trick <laughs> yeah, question. He didn't play. He didn't play. <laughs> well, what a night. What a night. Pugliarvi, I mean, this guy's like a stallion. He's like a horse that that's, he's, he's like nurse was a couple of years ago. And uh, I just enjoyed it. It was a great night, and have a good night, guys. Appreciate it, Mike. Always good to hear from you. 7-2, the Oilers win it. Man, it's... I mean, I, 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 you, I guess you could challenge this. So I'm going to say the offense is starting to come because they just, they just got shut out. But the the chances are coming. The forechecking is there. I mean, you and I would have several pregame shows a few weeks ago, Rob, when we would say, "When are they going to forecheck?" Mm-hmm. And decisiveness at the offensive blue line when they're shooting it in, they're whacking it in quick. Somebody's going in there. And they can still score off the rush because they have the speed and the talent to do it, but it starts with the zone time, I think. Well, it, it does. And last year in the playoffs when the Oilers were on their, their run, it, it was all about forecheck for the Oilers. They are getting pucks in deep. They, they were uh, very tenacious on the puck, not giving the opposition chances to get out. And they got away from that at the beginning of the season. And we talked about it a lot. And Todd McClellan came out and talked about it, that the Oilers were playing east-west. And you're not going to be successful in the National Hockey League, especially when the other team knows that's what you want to do. And the Oilers are starting to go north-south. And when it comes to scoring... The one thing you hear every player that's ever scored in the National Hockey League, they'll say the exact same things when they go through a slump. They said, as long as I'm getting the chances, I know things are going right for me. And the Oilers the other night, they got shut out, but they were getting chances. They dominated that game. The grade-A scoring chances are there. And the talent on the, uh, that the Oilers have up front is not going to get blanked game after game if they get those type of chances. So that's why we, you and I talked about we were positive coming out of that game because of the way they played. The result wasn't what they wanted, but you forget about the result because they were starting to play the right way, and they have now for three straight games. Brian on the line. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, guys. Great show. Thank you. Um... I'm going to just 
uh, make a prediction here, and then I'd like to ask you guys the same question: Are the Oilers going to make the playoffs? And I got, I've got to say, and I, I, I kind of thought this way the last three games, and the reason for that is because they seem to be trending up. They're getting like the Toronto game. There's no way anybody could argue and say Toronto should have won that game, uh, the one nothing game. Uh, that the road trip, is, as far as I'm concerned, has been a, a, a pretty good success. They're getting healthier. They're getting confidence in their backup goalie. Um, and they're playing a lot of Western teams coming up. I think they can make playoffs. And mathematically uh, speaking, they need to win two out of three out of every game from here on in, and they'll be in. Now I'd like to ask you guys and hear your opinion. Well, I, I picked them to make the playoffs before the season, and I don't like to change predictions midstream. So, I, but, but it's going to be very difficult, and you're right. Last year, they got 70 of their final 104 points. Tonight, they got the first two of their final 104 available points. I, I said all along that I felt the Oilers would make the playoffs. Brian, I'm going to put you on hold so you can hear finish the play. We're looking to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Here's Bjorkstrand. Turned it over. And now it's going to be a breakaway. 2-on-0. McDavid. DeCara. Back to McDavid. They had a 2-on-0. Did they score in the third period, Brian? You, you guys won't believe this, but I actually didn't watch the game. I had a hockey game myself. I'm going to say they scored. No, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Change your mind. Change your mind quickly. Oh, yeah, they didn't score. They didn't score. Here's Bjorkstrand. Turned it over. And now it's going to be a breakaway. 2-on-0. McDavid. DeCara. Back to McDavid. And he tapped it wide, if you can believe it. That was, that was kind of stunning that they didn't finish that one. But McDavid still get did get four points back to Columbus to hear from him. Oh, but you continue that, which is what Yeah, three, three solid games uh, in a row now. Um, you know, we can definitely feel good about that. What have you seen from this team in this road trip that maybe you were hoping to see before it started? Uh, I don't know. We just played a, a solid game, consistent, up and down the lineup. Um, we were able to roll four lines for the most part. And, um, you know, the special teams got a little bit going, the power play especially. Uh, penalty kill was pretty good as well, so um, we can take some positives out. Does it help you guys to, to see the consistency yourselves? You know, okay, this we can, we're close to being back to the team we were last year. Well, you know, we, we've, had, uh, we've had streaks where we've been all right. Um, no, so we need to we need to see it more. We need to see you know string four, five, six. You know we don't have many games uh, to give away anymore. Uh, you guys played Carey Price and Sergey Bobrovsky and put up 13 goals, which is not what a lot of people would expect in going into this thing. Yeah, you know what the two of the best goalies in the world, if not the the top two. Um, you know um, they'll be able to find a way to, to generate some offense and um, yeah. There's Connor McDavid. They generate some offense tonight. 7-2 win in Columbus. You can always get more on the team on 630Ched.com and more on the Eskimos. C.J. Gable back as running back. He gets a new two-year contract. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer this evening. Next Oilers broadcast, home to Nashville on Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. 7-2, the Oilers whip Columbus. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.